Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Thea Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. I'm so glad you guys tuned in today because we have a gem of a podcast with Kurt Storing of Dadwork. And uh, if you aren't a father, I want to encourage you. This episode is still for you because, uh, you know, the, the reality is if you intend to be a father one day, the best time for you to learn about fatherhood is right now. The second best time is when you become a father. And so, um, you know, for me, I, I don't have kids yet, but I love interviewing people about fatherhood and being dads because I'm trying to, you know, cast a vision for what I want fatherhood to look like for me, you know, and I'm trying to learn from their mistakes and I'm trying to glean from their strengths and the things that are working for them as well. And I want to encourage you to do the same if you're not yet with kids, but uh, if you are a dad, then man, oh man, this is a this is a gold mine. I mean, Kurt just he does not mince words. He tells it like it is. He has a really cool story of faith as well. He's a, he's a relatively new Christian. Well, no, he's a very new Christian by all accounts. And uh, that aside, his message is incredibly deep. It's incredibly mature. And this is a guy who is walking the walk. And so we talk about masculinity. We talk about what it looks like for men to really lead the home. Uh, we talked about why men are becoming too soft and avoiding the hard things in life and how that starts to take a toll on their well-being. And we talked a little bit about the ideal father, you know, and what does it look like for us to actually get society, society to value fatherhood again and to really appreciate the, the strength of a man because in many ways, you know, I feel like men have just been ostracized over, you know, some things that we, we have deserved and some things that are totally uncalled for. And anyway, I will save my soapbox for uh, an episode myself, but you're really going to enjoy Kurt. So let me just give you a little bit of background here on Kurt, on who he is. Um, and the other thing actually I'll mention really quick is that I met Kurt through his Insta account. And oh my gosh, his, his, his Instagram is so good. So you guys have to follow him there. But, um, but let me just, let me just properly read uh, a little bit, a little bit more about him just so you know who he is. Kurt Storing is a husband of 10 years, a father to three boys with another on the way and an entrepreneur. Through his organization, Dadwork, Kurt helps entrepreneurial and executive dads become elite husbands and fathers by making them harder to kill, easier to love and equipped to lead. Without further ado, here's my interview with Kurt Storing. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. All right. Well, I've been looking to this forward to this interview for a little while now. Kurt, you and I have been uh, been friends, getting to know each other. I love your stuff online, man, and it's a real treat to have you. Thanks for being here. Mm, thanks, man. Yeah, I had you on my uh, podcast a while ago, and that was so good. And it was such a, a topic that the guys were like shocked to hear, but also so ple- pleasantly surprised with. So I'm I'm just excited to get back connected with you and uh, and dive into this. Yeah, yeah. So okay, you have this great kind of organization called Dad Work. You're making a difference in a lot of people's lives. And I think you found a way to speak to dads, you know, because I feel like to be a dad in today's society is so different than what it was like even 10 years ago, certainly 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago. What got you passionate in the first place to 
start helping dads? Uh, my own suffering, honestly. <laughs> like th this whole thing is born out of just how bad it was for me. And uh, like I tell the guys that I work with and who listen to the podcast, it's like I got so bad that at one point I was sure that I was worse for my children and wife than uh, them not having a dad. I was like, wow. it's worse for me to be around them than if I was just gone. And for me, I wasn't going to just like pick up and leave and, you know, go to a beach somewhere. I was like, it's, it's like a life or death situation right now. Um, and so coming from that, and for some reason, like just having that one more day of hope, like, okay, one more day, let's just try one more day. And through that, somehow uh, I made it out. And so as I figured things out from sort of skimming along rock bottom for a while, I just made it what I look back at and be like, that was a full-time job, man. Like I spent all day for years um, figuring out how to suck less, basically. <laughs> and that was coming from just like, I, I was uh, a child in a man's body. I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the mentors. I didn't learn the stuff from my dad. And so like, what do you mean there's a way to communicate without fighting? What do you mean you don't just yell at your kids all the time? What do you mean you're supposed to like actually be loving and caring and all this kind of stuff? I just didn't know. Huh. And so- as I started getting better, doing better, feeling better, I was like, oh man, I bet there's other guys struggling with this. And for some reason, I seem to have at least a little bit of a gift in sorting it out. Because I know a lot of guys just suffer and they never sort it out. And True. I just was lucky and I was blessed with this. Um, so I can just see myself one day like talking to a crowd on a TED, deck, TED stage or something like that. And I had this idea in my mind for three or four years as I was improving. And, um, you know, as luck would have it, I, I, failed in a business venture that I started because I sold off this online business that I had. I was going to do something locally. That didn't work out. And the only other thing on my my business plate was like, oh, you could do that dad thing. Right. And that was terrifying to be seen at because at first it was like, oh, who am I? And all this kind of stuff. But it seems to be working. Guys are resonating with it. And um, I think like, even though some of this stuff is hard for guys to hear, because I like to call out, um, you know, bad parenting and yeah. guys who are not putting in the work because- you know, the family's too important. Your, your role as a father is too important to be average at. I think you, you have to aim for excellence. Um, but I just noticed that like more and more people are coming alongside this and calling people out with it. And they were like, oh, this is actually helping. And so if I can do more of that and just give people that hope, actually, that even though it's kind of hard to hear some of this message, because you realize that maybe you could be doing more. My message is like, dude, I was at the door of making an irreversible decision. And now I'm here. And yeah. here looks like 10 plus years married, three kids with another on the way, waking up with like immense gratitude every day. And I, yeah. I say that because one of the things that people don't talk about often enough is, okay, yeah, like the the acute pain of kids don't listen to you, kids are fighting, your wife doesn't look at you, she doesn't respect you. But more than that, there's like this really general pain of waking up every day knowing that it's going to suck because huh. you suck. <laughs> and that's painful, man, knowing like, wow, what am I going to screw up today? How am I going to ruin my kids today? And that just like life covering blanket of darkness. Um, I don't wake up with that anymore. And I think that's the hope that I'm trying to share uh, with this project. Yeah, yeah, man, that's really powerful. Thanks for sharing that story. Because I think, I think a lot of dads resonate, you know, you kind of step into fatherhood and nobody sets out to be a bad dad, right? Like that was never the plan. And then suddenly, you know, you get into it and you catch yourself doing things. You told yourself you'd never do, saying things you thought you'd never say and, you know, becoming somebody you didn't want to become. And I guess my question to you is, how did you know, 
how did you know that there could be something better? Because what you said is very true. Like a lot of people just concede. This is just the way it is. I'm irreparable. I guess I'm just a bad dad. I'm just not good at this thing or not cut out for it. And I think they, they just stay in survival mode until the kids move out and then live with regrets the rest of their life. Why did you decide to do something? And how did you even, what was it within you that said, I think I can change this? Yeah, man, that's that's the thing that I don't know how to teach people other than to get the message across that you can get better. And for mm -hmm. me, I think it was just being aware of this growth mindset versus fixed mindset thinking yeah, um, where I, I had come across it somewhere. And I think it helped that like I've been an entrepreneur the last 10 years. Um, I haven't had a job for a long time. And so I was just in this space where everything was about how do you get better? How do you grow? Like entrepreneurs tend to be pretty aware of ways to improve. And yes, most of it is like, how do I grow my bottom line? But in that is this idea that you can grow. And so yeah. I was around guys like this. I was reading books like this. I was watching, you know, YouTube and seeing guys who were like meditating and doing all this stuff to improve and calm down. I was like, I'm going to try some of this stuff. And my motivation originally was like, I just want to get better at business. So I'm yeah. going to try like journaling. And I was doing <laughs> stuff like this. I was journaling. I was doing like, I don't know, visualizations and stuff like that. And then one day I didn't yell at my kid. And I was like, where did this come from? I didn't know I could wow. not yell. And it was just like that little place of um, like the gap between the stimulus and the response where I could choose my reaction. Mm. And there was just something about that one moment. And it was all because of business. And I was like, oh, I, I bet there's a way not to do this. Um, and, and the second part of that was honestly just getting to the end of my tether with my children's behavior, which yeah. of course was largely my fault. Um, you know, I, I've come to understand now that that sin nature and all of us kind of like starts with kids. And so I've got to train that, but yeah. it was made worse by me. And so when I was big and scary and all that kind of stuff with my kids, of course, they're going to react poorly to it. And so I just got to the point where, you know, they're hitting, they're screaming, all this kind of stuff. And I just like in a, in a moment of like, oh, please help me was like Googling how to get a four-year-old to stop hitting, you know, like that's where I was at. And I Googled wow. it and I came across some stuff. And sure enough, I applied what I learned. And this is a huge thing. Like you got to take action, but I applied what I learned and some stuff worked. And so I was like, okay, personally, I can probably grow a little bit with parenting. You can do things better. And so there's all these like little touch points along my journey that just convinced me um, that you can actually improve. I think if, if you don't have that growth mindset, it's very difficult, um, but it's, it's undeniable in my experience that of course you can grow. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think people need to hear that because sometimes you can just get so wrapped up in your mess. And sometimes like, you know, especially if the mess persists, I mean, we certainly see this with people with porn addiction is, you know, it's just been around so long that people just kind of assume this is just the way it is. And they don't think to look beyond their current situation because it's just been so normal. I, I wanted to ask you, because you, you talked about this on Instagram as well. And I've, I've really appreciated your input in this regard. But talking about not just fatherhood, but the role that fathers play in a family and the role that families play in society. And I think these concepts have become incredibly mangled over the years between, you know, whatever you want to blame, like the divorce rate, the fatherlessness, um, a lot of the questions around sexual orientation and gender certainly, I would say, play a role in how we're defining family these days. Um, can you just talk a little bit about it, Kurt, and how do these concepts all play into each other? Yeah, I think that father is potentially, I mean, it is one of the largest roles we can play as men. And I think it's its almost the pinnacle in some ways, even though I believe that you know marriage should be our number one human relationship. Um, there's something about fatherhood that challenges us in a way that marriage alone doesn't. Um, and I think it's 
you know, maybe, maybe if we talk about it like this, it's not necessarily the most important because I think your wife is, but it's maybe the hottest fire that you go through. If you think about it like a, a refiner's fire mm -hmm. and there's just things that come up with fatherhood that don't come up anywhere else that you can't get away from because there's an out when you're dealing with another adult in a relationship, which is like, I'm just, I'm going to go away for a bit. I'm going to take like a week. I'm going to go away. You can't just leave your kids though. So you're always in it and you cannot get out. So that's very useful for men in the first place. Um, but in terms of like the father in the family, like there is nobody else who can replace you. Nobody can replace you. Your wife could get remarried, I suppose. Your kids could get like a stepdad in a, in a just this, you know, random uh, visualization that I've got here, but like he's not going to be you. There's yeah. literally no one who can just step in and interchangeably be you. And like you were saying before, I think you used the word irreplaceable. You cannot be replaced because there will always be something missing if you leave. And I think that's weighty for a lot of guys. And it's like you're either going to have a massive impact on your family by being there and showing up, or you're going to have a massive impact on not being there. And it's yeah. not anything in between. And I think that as you look back to your life, uh, if you're listening to this, like what was your father's role in your life? If he was there, if he was good, if he was excellent as a father and a man and a, and a husband for you to see, it was probably easier for you than it would have been uh, in most of the things in your life. And if he wasn't, I almost guarantee you know the curses that you speak to him. You know, like, I wish you were there, dad. Why didn't you do this, dad? Like, this was so hard, dad. And you probably blame him, mm. or at least a lot of men do. And I think if we just remember that in our own lives, the impact that a father can have and we look around the world and we see all the statistics about fatherless homes. I mean, it's it's insane. It's It gets close to a 100% rate in terms of like doing poor in school and using uh, substances and, you know, getting in with the wrong crowds. It's like 80 to 90% higher or something like that with fatherless homes. So you go, Jeez. I cannot be convinced that fathers don't matter. So that's the piece in terms of like the family aspect, I think, is like you just, you're, you are the, you're the foundation. And that's what I've started thinking for myself. There is nobody else, my wife, my kids, nobody can lay the foundation of this home of my family other than me. And if yeah. I'm not laying it or if my foundation is cracked somehow, the whole structure is going to come toppling down. <laughs> and so I think maybe we'll get into that later, but that's about what it comes into like uh, carrying the burden, you know, holding more because you are that foundation. Mm. And in terms of like the, the society thing, I think that we get into just, First of all, this is how it's supposed to be ordered. And I think good order is lacking significantly these days. Everyone wants to be this little, uh, you know, individualistic, autonomous island or bubble. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, I can do it by myself. And then somehow it doesn't work. And it's like, oh, I wonder why. It's because it's wrong order. It's not ordered well. Like this is, and, and this is new for me, but I'm realizing like this is the way God made it to be. And yeah. we're supposed to, you know, come together to become one. And then, uh, you know, multiply really yeah and so that's just the way it works there's no like there's no nuanced about that there's no like getting around that with logical reasoning because it just plays out and if we don't have that then the society itself becomes disordered because much like the father is the foundation of the family i would say the family is in many ways the foundation of the culture and the society yeah. because what we're learning inside the family ends up being what our children go and take into the world and if they're not taking the right things, everything's on this downward slope. And so that's where I think it becomes so important to have no escape hatch as a married man. Like yeah. just take divorce off the table. Don't even think about that. And then like shepherd your children 
because they're going to be the ones who come out and make society afterward. And man, they're like, there's so much we can go into in this, I'm sure. But um, I'll just leave it at that for now because I think it comes down to foundation. That's really, really good. What, what, what would you say to somebody who's who's like, oh, Kurt, it kind of sounds like you're saying men are the head of the household, but what about women? And, you know, like, isn't that a little bit misogynistic or whatever? Like, I know there's different ways this message can get kind of distorted. But what what does it look like to be a healthy male? Because I think that's just as important. Or maybe you could even argue it's like at the core of this message of being a good dad. You have to understand what it means to actually be a man so that you can function correctly in your family and in your society. What what does healthy masculinity mean to you? Yeah, man, that's exactly why uh, the programs that I run start out by being a better man so Mm. that you can be a better husband, so that you can be a better father. And those things all rely on each other on the thing before them. So in order to do, you know, in order to do fatherhood well, you got to be on the same page with your wife. And in order to do that, you have to be a good man at your core. And so like, what does that look like? And at first, just to touch on the whole, like, should men lead the family? Like, yeah, they should. Too bad. (laughs) You know, like that's, that's just how it is. And if you're putting that burden on your wife, you're not being a good husband, just straight up. Um, I think like my role is to make her more comfortable. It's to lead her and to take that off her plate so that she can do the things that she's naturally suited to do. And that doesn't mean she doesn't need to work. It doesn't mean any of these things, but it's certainly not misogynistic to love your wife in such a way that you take on her burden. Like I will, I will sacrificially serve and love my wife forever because that's my role. And if you don't like that, then try the other way and see what happens. Cause I, (laughs) I work with guys all the time in my own coaching practice that are like, you know, my wife makes more than me, but she's always angry at me and she doesn't respect me and this and this. And it's like, have you tried getting a better paying job and letting her like not have to do this because it's too much stress for her Mm. and they're like oh i didn't know that you could do that and it's like come on guys so anyway i just want to touch that and get that out of the way because again well ordered this is the well ordered uh, way of the world yeah but in terms of like healthy masculinity man the the word toxic has been thrown around so much and it's a it's a shame because i think that it puts men in a hard place if i am masculine then uh, i'm gonna be toxic and i'm gonna get canceled And on the other end of things, you get this whole like alpha vibe where you've got to be extra masculine. So it's either not masculine at all from the culture or these like, I don't know, red pill bros being like, all you got to do is be alpha. (sighs) And then like neither of those are a good extreme. And so I think for me, healthy masculinity starts out with with balance. And And I wish that was cooler to say because then I could sell it like, oh, you got to do like this formula. But it comes down to just being balanced and being nuanced and being discerning. And for me, the way that I've broken this down is my like life creed is I want to be harder to kill, easier to love and equipped to lead. Like that's Mm, it. I just want to sit in the middle of that. And that means that I'm able to defend my family against attacks or villains, whether mental, spiritual or physical. And it means the next moment I'm able to be gentle with my baby and love them and just be so emotionally attuned to them. But as they mature masculine man, I'm in the middle of those things most of the time. I'm staying grounded in the center of both extremes so that I'm able to choose what situation requires what uh, action. And I think that's where people go wrong is when I got into this space, particularly like the online, Instagram, whatever, I saw each extreme and there was almost nobody in the middle. It was only like, just do better, bro. And it's like, (laughs) oh, okay. Like if I could just do better than, you know, I would, but there's something wrong here. And on the other side, 
you see the guys who are just like, oh, you know, find your feminine side and just be in flow, feel all your feelings. And it's like, well, then how do you like do any of the things to be a man? And for me, I sort of embodied both sides of those at different parts of my journey so that I would have the tools. But now I'm like, you need them both in different times. So I just try and sit in the middle of this. And when I hear about toxic masculinity, I just want to be clear that that is not actually masculinity. That is immature boyishness rather than uh, mature man behavior. And so one thing that I see a lot is uh, hurt boys who have grown up to be adults who are now taking out their hurt on other people. And this is like the politicians who, you know, pork barrel or whatever, they put everything in their own riding. They, they, line their own pockets, grift, whatever. Um, and then they go out there saying how moral and wonderful they are. It's like, you're hurting people at your own expense, probably because you're hurt inside. And where does that hurt come from? Probably a lack of a good father or a lack of a good community that has something in that. So when you're hearing toxic masculinity, sure, there's toxic behavior, but is it truly masculinity? No, it's that immature boyish form of it that's not actually... Um, I would just say like healed those childhood pains that yeah. came from not having that leadership. So um, yeah, that's that's the first, I don't know, a few minutes to come to my mind on that topic. No, that, that's amazing. I really like what you said at the end there too, because I think um, you, you use the language like there's a burden to bear being a father and boys cannot handle that burden. So if you if you haven't like matured, and you haven't, you know, worked through your trauma or whatever it is. If you just haven't grown up and matured properly as a man, then becoming a father just simply enters you into an arena where you're basically not equipped to win. You know, like you're set up for failure. And so I think that's that's really, really powerful. I guess I'm curious with the guys that you're working with, what kind of what kind of stuff is stopping them from maturing? Or like what are the areas that they need to work on to to mature and to grow and to become that man that they've been designed to be. Yeah. And this is, it's so good for parents, right? Because I, I tell guys a lot, like there's only room for one child in a father son relationship. Make sure it's not you. Right. So like, this is so <laughs> well important. And um, there's, there's a few things, honestly, like for me, and maybe I'll start with my own personal experience. Um, I realized that I was really feeling like a little boy and that was underlying almost all of my actions because I was still at a place where I was wishing to get something from my parents that I would just never get. And so, you know, personally, that was my dad left when I was three, uh, they got a divorce and, you know, he moved out sort of thing. And I sort of bore the brunt of that in many ways. And so my patterns and the lack of leadership from my dad and other people, um, sort of put that weight on me. Like it was my fault in a sense. I just want dad back. I just want my parents to sort of be there for me. Yeah. Um, but I hung on to that for some reason. And I wasn't able to sort of access that on a conscious level. It was all subconscious. And it wasn't until I got around, um, in this case, my grandfather. And for other men, it could be mentors. It could be elders. Um, it could be anyone who's willing to listen, which is why men's work, um, men's group, I should say, and brotherhood is, and fellowship is so important. Uh, but I was talking to my grandfather and man, I was complaining. I was just victim, victim, victim. But I was basically saying like, oh, I wish my mom and my dad would apologize. I would feel so good. Can't they see what they did? And it just came out of me. I was like, I think I just feel like a three-year-old who wants his mom and his dad to be bigger than him and care for him. 
And in that moment, like I just touched a nerve man and I just like, I broke down. I just uh, started sobbing. And I was like, that's it. That's my identity. Like that was my whole identity. I'm this little boy. So I'm always looking in relationship, in friendships, in work for validation, for something other than me to be bigger than me. And that was like the lost father for me. That was the missing father figure. And so what that led me to do was to grieve it. And that man is so powerful for a lot of guys mm -hmm. is the ability to grieve that which they will never get. And huh. for all of us, that's childhood because as far as I know, there's no such thing as a time machine. So you're never going to go back and get that perfect childhood where you felt loved and your dad was there for you and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's not your fault that this stuff happened to you as a, as a kid, but it's your responsibility to deal with now. And so you can feel like a victim for as long as you want. You can feel sad as long as you want. But my, my story and my advice to guys is typically like feel that pain, go all the way back to the initial pain. So for me, I was like, okay, I guess I'm three for a bit. And I was like, okay, how do I become a 30-year-old man from being three? But it was a process of grieving, hurting, letting it go, and eventually finding forgiveness and now gratitude for my parents. Yeah. And so that process of grief, forgiveness, and gratitude, while then allowing myself to be uncomfortable as I navigated this new identity building piece, which is like, okay, I feel three. Now I kind of feel 10. Now I'm like 16. Okay, finally, now I'm a man. And within the last two or three years, man, it's it's just been that long. I'm like, okay, now I'm where I should be. My identity is formed. I've had enough experiences as a man now that I don't feel like a kid. I don't feel like a boy. I don't feel like immature anymore. I'm able to lead from that space. And so I think that's where a lot of things come in is just like our family systems and our family structures and the lack of community support or the, even the lack of like church support in many ways means that guys are very alone very yeah. isolated and they feel like it's all on them. And when that's the case, but you're still stuck in that sort of immature mindset, there's not a lot you can do with it. You don't feel empowered to do anything with it. And that's why being a victim is all too easy. And mm. so I really feel for guys who are like that because that was me, man. That yeah. was definitely where I was. Um, and I guess the only other thing that that leads to, maybe not the only thing, but the thing that comes up most frequently with the guys that I work with is a lack of boundaries. And so this is like the nice guy right? They, they think that if they can only be perfect, if they can just show up for everyone else, how everyone else wants them to show up, maybe they'll get some love. But that means that if they screw up, if they say no to someone, if they say, ah, that doesn't feel good, can you stop? Then the other person's going to withdraw all that love from them. So these guys let people walk over them forever. And it feels terrible. They get resentful. They uh, internalize conflict that should be externalized. And they just turn into like this fiery either rage on the inside or complete apathy that's actually probably uh, guarding that rage huh. and so that's one of the things that we work on most is like who are you actually what do you actually want and how can we practice you being okay with having these wants and needs while realizing that other people's um response to you is not your responsibility but showing up as a good man of integrity and doing the right thing, even if other people don't like it, that's how you become that mature leader. And I think mm. that's maybe the crux of leadership, especially in leading a home, is I'm going to ask my wife's opinion. I'm going to make sure that I'm communicating with her. But at the end of the day, I'm going to do the right thing. And if yeah. she doesn't like it, that doesn't mean the right thing becomes wrong because she has feelings about it. It means that it just, she doesn't like it. But yeah. the right thing is always the right thing. And so can we, as men... Um, tune our 
consciences enough to know what that right thing is. And I think that's sort of the crux of all of this is boundaries and all that kind of stuff leads to, can you be a man of integrity? I think that ties together a lot of what we're talking about. I, I really like that response, Kurt, because I think the, you know, we're talking about like the structure of family and, you know, some of what society's trying to do, which is, I would say, dilute what it means to be a man. And if you do that, then what happens is men either become, as you said, like just ridiculously alpha, like toxic alpha, um, or they become super feminine. And if that continues, then you can see how it starts to impact a guy's ability to show up in his relationship. And so they're conflict avoidant, they're not able to hold their own, and you know they become super soft, pushovers, or they become incredibly abrasive, right? And then, like like you said, you start to just burn the bridges in the the relationships that mean the most to you. And so it's interesting because I think I, I would say a majority of men, or the messaging to men I'm seeing is it's veering more in the feminine direction where it's like i think we're diluting what it means to be a man a little bit um and at least what i see in part is a lot of people prioritizing their own comfort and their own convenience above the truth above the right thing to do even if it's hard etc etc and i've seen in your messaging a lot just this emphasis on discipline and it doesn't matter if it's hard you do it anyway can you can you maybe talk to somebody who has maybe maybe even like innocently stumbled into some of this messaging they're feeling a little bit of conviction as you're talking and they're like oh i think maybe i have lost some of that thing in me that was you know resilient and and would would rise up to the occasion instead of back down and whatever else that might be H how would you talk someone back into that place of being strong and disciplined and doing the hard things yeah man excellent uh, excellent tie back together by the way like you're you're ec very good at asking these questions and i appreciate oh, that as a podcast host myself um so <laughs> excellent job <laughs> uh so yeah man this is like this is the thing that has really elevated me the last little while um is just doing more hard stuff because i can and what i mean by that is going back to my role as a father and a husband and a man is that i'm uniquely situated to do harder things and more of it and I know like what you're saying is completely true. And I think that is honestly like one of the biggest enemies today is uh, convenience and comfort and ease and not being uh, uncomfortable with anything. And so like you could sit on the couch and get everything delivered to you and watch Netflix for 20 hours a day and like, yeah. cool, man, like you could still, I don't know, get a paycheck somehow on, you know, work and remote job and you don't ever have to get up. And so things are easy. Right. But when things are so easy, you become easy to control. And I it's very mm -hmm. difficult to go into this conversation without having to talk about like power and power dynamics and strength and stuff like that. Go but, for it. Um, no, at the end of the day, like yeah, at, at the end of the day, like what what really matters here is that as men, we're, I think, sovereign. And that means that we know that we don't want other people telling us what to do because we know what's best for ourselves. Um, but unlike their... There's a couple of groups of people here. There's people who don't want people to tell them what to do. And then you get like the, the people who are rallying against, you know, you, you can't tread on me and all this kind of stuff. And that's cool. I, I'm, I'm on board with that. But I think where it comes to that sovereignty is when you also can lead yourself. And so I don't want anyone else to lead me, but I also know how to lead myself. And that's right. a very important part of this where like you got to know where you're going and how to do that. And how do you do that? It's by having the skills and the discipline to know how to do the thing by yourself and how to be sovereign and how to be um, autonomous insofar as you are leading your family vehicle. 
And so if we are comfortable, if we are doing the easy thing rather than the right thing, it becomes much more easy for, oh, man, it's hard to get into this. It's like government forces or the enemy or whatever you want to call it um, to dictate how we live our lives. Because they're like, hey, man, I'm going to take away that comfort unless you do this thing. You're like, oh, I like being comfortable. I can't do that hard thing because it's been so long now. I haven't gone to the gym. I haven't run. I haven't done anything. Uh, okay, I'll just do whatever you say, but please don't take away my comfort. And yeah. suddenly they're like, you know, you can look, and this is not, I'm not getting into conspiracy theories here, but if you were to take that to its logical conclusion, it's like, hey, you do this thing or we take your money away or we take your house away or we come and arrest you. And, you know, the last couple of years, you can make all sorts of assumptions on where that, where I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> but, but I basically, if you are not able to be influenced because you are used to doing hard things and fending for yourself in a way you're simply not going to be able to be controlled by anyone who doesn't have your best interests at heart. And so as a man, husband, and father, if you're able to control your destiny because you have practiced being uncomfortable so that when they say, you're not allowed to do this thing, you go, okay, I'll still do the right thing because I'm used to being uncomfortable. And so I always try to do more. And not mm -hmm. only that, but man, I've never felt better when I do more because I feel... <laughs> I feel like I was always operating on like, I don't know, maybe 80th percentile in terms of efficiency and effectiveness. And I was like, I'm pretty good at this. Like, this feels good. But I was recently challenged to just go like, well, what if you showed up at 100? Could you do that? And for me, it takes brotherhood. It takes accountability. It takes a coach. It takes like more than just my own willpower, honestly. But when I set myself up for that success and I do more and I do the dishes every night while my pregnant wife is, you know, feeding the, the two-year-old sort of thing rather than waiting for the morning and hoping she does it. When I am playing with my kids more, when I'm putting my phone down more, when I'm like biting my tongue to not yell at my kids when I would rather be impatient with them, those hard things not only result in me becoming a better, stronger, able leader, but they also make me respect myself. And that thing, hmm. as men, I wow. think we're missing significantly. And I was talking to my friend, uh, Ryan King. He has the the Wisdom of Kings on Instagram is his name. And uh, he's a very wise man. But he's like, I don't think I need to love myself as a man. I need to respect myself. And I never heard it said like that before because I've come up with you know, all sorts of ideas on self-love and all that kind of stuff. I felt like I needed some of that because I just kind of hated myself for a long time there. Yeah. But I think what he said was very important because when I do hard things and when I accomplish things that other men would find difficult and look at me and respect me for, I also go, oh, I respect myself now. And when I look at myself in the mirror mm. and I'm fit and I look at myself in the mirror and I know I've served my family to the best of my abilities and my kids are being brought up in the way they should and my wife knows that she's loved and my business is growing and I'm helping men, I can actually look myself in the eyes and for years, I was like, oh, man, that's weird. Why would you look yourself in the eyes? It's because I was avoiding myself. But now, when I do the hard thing, I look and I go like, man, thank you. Yeah. You know, like you're doing a good job because you are carrying everything. And so for the guy who like wants to do this, but he's not sure how, first of all, like I said, build the habits, the accountability and the brotherhood around you to make sure that you are feeling pushed and motivated even when you don't want to. And a part of that is also having a large enough vision as a man that it's going to drag you along kicking and screaming even when you don't feel like doing the hard thing. And mm -hmm. so for me, I am going to be my, I've put together like an ethos. It's like an I am statement that drives me. And part of it is 
I will gladly and gratefully hold the burden of my entire family until my sons are ready to carry their own burden. But I'm going to do it with like rejoicing. I'm going to be the best at it. And I'm going to take on as much as possible because there is nobody else to do it. And this is what I was saying before, where you are irreplaceable as a father. And if you can't get motivated from the fact that there's nobody else who can do your job, if you think that being average as a father and a husband, when your wife gave you her life, Think about that for a second. We all go like, oh, we chose each other. We could leave whenever we want. Like, no, dude. She said you are her protector and provider for life. And for most mm. of us, that means that if something were to happen to you, she maybe doesn't have the job that you do. She doesn't have this kind of stuff with like the finances or however you guys um, separate things in your marriage. But like she relies on you for everything. And you're showing up with anything less than 100%. What are you doing? And your yeah. kids, they didn't ask to be born. You wanted to have them and you impact them more than anybody else in the entire world for the rest of their life with how you show up today. And so if you scream at your kid today, 20 years from now, is he going to be like me? Like I was five years ago. And is he going to be like, oh, my dad yelled at me and my dad didn't love me and my dad left me and I don't have a good leader. You're going to condemn your kid to feeling like a failure because you can't do the hard thing today. That's wow. absolutely unacceptable. And so for me, the role of father, the role of husband must be excellent. You can be nothing less than excellent because being a protector and a provider, that's the cost of entry for showing up as a dad. Do more because you're the only one who can. And I don't know, man, that fires me up. And if it doesn't fire you up, then I, I don't know, <laughs> go do some more hard things by some other way. But man, that that fires me up so much. No, I feel that, man. Um, could you get practical? Like when you say do hard things, like so people just get a gym pass or take cold showers in the morning or is it having those hard? Yeah. Like what, like, I don't know. What does it look like for you practically to do more hard things? Yeah. I actually, it's funny you said this because I just put out my uh, elite dad habit stack. I was oh, like, you nice. know what? the things that make me work are just the fact that I'm like super disciplined in my habits. And obviously there's a mindset, there's a vision, there's accountability and a community around that. But the practical things I do daily, I just put out a new document. So if you guys want to download it, it's a dad.work slash habits. Um, and you can download it there. But the things are, for me, waking up early. Like, very simple. I don't want to get out of bed at 4.30 in the morning, but I do because I feel better having done so. And mm. I wake up, I stretch, I'm prayerful, I read scripture, and I go to the gym. And dude, I was for the last 30 days, this ended about, I think this ended five, six days ago for 30 days straight. I did 400 meters of walking lunges first thing in the morning. That's really, really hard, Whoa. really hard. <laughs> yeah. And uh, thank goodness I was challenged by uh, one of my coaches and it was like, I would rather do anything. But when I complete that, I am like, I'm, I am all that is man, you know, like I am so fired up. Nothing's going to get to me the rest of the day. Cause I just did 400 meters of lunges and I was getting fast, man. So that's one thing is challenges. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm at the gym five days a week and I'm walking on Saturday, Sunday, and I'm doing, you know, sports with my kids on the weekend. So morning routines, huge disciplined, uh, mental, spiritual, and physical. Those are all important things. As soon as I'm done the gym, I'm back here. And when I see that the dishwasher needs emptying or there's dishes on the counter or I didn't wash them the night before, my mindset goes, you're doing those. And that required massive buy-in for me because it's way easier to just be like, oh, my wife will get it. That's her job. I'm just going to be apathetic about this. Oh, I, I do so much for the family. I provide. And I just stopped. A couple months ago, I was like, I'm doing it. Anything that needs yeah, to be done, I'm just going to wow. do it. I'm going to do more of it. And so it's like the hard things are both physical. Yes, cold showers are great. 
Love doing that. Um, add in some squats every you know hour at your workday. Do 100 air squats. Do things that make you uncomfortable. And that also means emotionally uncomfortable. So have that conversation with your wife. Hmm. Write that letter to your mom or your dad. You don't have to send it, but like, what do you need, what do you need to say to your parents that would get things out and clear it? Yeah. Do the things that make you uncomfortable and start from the places of of pain. To be honest, step back into the arena in any arena that you've stepped out of. So communication with your wife. It's it's spending the time with your kids when you'd rather be at work. Like yesterday, for example, uh, I have had calls all week for like a month while I'm trying to build this other community on the side that requires a lot of attention and a lot of training and a lot of uh, like video recording and creative time. I've had like an hour of creative time the last month and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Yesterday I had a lunch cancel. So I had like three hours. I was like, oh man, I could work through this. But I had told my kids that I was going to take them to the trampoline park as a little bit of a, like a fun getaway if I had the time. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to take the kids because that's the kind of man that I want to be. Yeah. I want to show up and do the hard thing so that when I look back on the day, dude, we had a great time. You know, like if I had worked, it would have been forgettable and I would have regretted it. And so everything I'm doing and everything I'm telling dads to do is to minimize future regret. Because one day you'll be on your deathbed. You're going to wow. be like, oh man, like I'm so glad that I made that extra million bucks. No, you're not. <laughs> you're going to be like, wow, if only my wife and kids were here, if only I didn't drive them away, if only I didn't make them feel like they weren't loved, like dude, yeah. show up more. So yeah, it's like, it's physical, yes, but it's also the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual side. And uh, it's making the right hard choice, not the convenient, easy choice. And even like another example that comes to mind is um, like, I have a hockey game on the weekend and it's going to be 11 o'clock and we should go to church at 10. And it's like, hey, I could go to the 830 service by myself, but then the kids and the wife don't get to go, but then she could take them and it would be really awkward because then I got a soccer game for my kids at 12. So I'd be out like for the whole morning. Right. And I thought, you know what? I haven't played a hockey game yet this year because of our schedule. It's been weird. I really want to go. But what am I prioritizing here? What am I optimizing for here? So my hard choice was I'm going to go to church and worship because that's more important than playing hockey. And yeah. that sucked, man. Like I didn't want to do that, but I know it's the right choice. And I yeah. know that I'm the kind of man who now respects himself for making that right choice. And my life will just be better because I'll be blessed through that. Um, so yeah, man, there's so many ways to go about doing this. And a couple of touch points as well for guys listening in terms of like discipline and habits, set up a weekly check-in with your family and your wife. Um, this is like a very... It's difficult, so it's challenging in this regard, but it's extremely important. Um, Sunday evenings, we'll just have a meeting. So we have a family meeting. I get my wife to say my expectations for this week are. We go through what we need to be ready for, what our like uh, extracurriculars are. We get a sense of where the kids are. What do they need to have that happen this week? What have they got going on? How are they feeling? What did everyone like from the week past? What do we want to see more of in the week future? Um, and then my wife will have and I will have a check-in as well to just like really touch base with each other. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a thing that is hard in the sense that it's so much easier to just go like scroll on your phone before bed instead of like connecting with your family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like if there's a choice, choose the harder one, get up earlier, work out harder, do the extra rep, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just choose hard because it's most often right. 
Yeah, that's so good. And I think that's a message we need again and again because so much of the messaging and I mean technology development, like everything is conditioning us for convenience and we're we're losing. We're losing our resilience and that kind of inner strength that man is meant to possess in the process. So I, I think you're right. If we don't consciously do it, it's not it's just not gonna happen. Um so really well said, man. It it's been super helpful for me over the years when I think about finances or faith or business or you know any area it's been really helpful for me to have an ideal because uh, i feel like it sets a vision and it's like this is where i'm going and, and excuse me it also helps me know when i need to course correct and whatever else and i guess i'm just wondering if maybe to, to kind of land all this and tie it all together can you paint a picture of what what is the ideal man or or father what what does that look like or what does that mean to you because i think um I think that your approach is very well-rounded. I really appreciate that. And I think a lot of guys have distorted views of what an ideal man is and they end up putting pressure on themselves. They self-sabotage. Maybe they're super critical because they don't feel like they can measure up. But the the message that I'm hearing from you, Kurt, is actually, it sounds very attainable, um, but it also sounds like, hey, it's not easy. You know, there's work to be done to, to walk in that. Um, and I'm just hoping for the listeners today, maybe you can cast a little bit of a vision of what what does that ideal man and ideal father look like in the 21st century? Mm, man, <laughs> that's, an, that's, a, that's a heavy ask. So like I said before, I, I've sort of mentioned this is that for me, I always want to be aiming towards being harder to kill and easier to love. And mm. I think those two things, if you just repeat that to yourself, okay, every morning, how do I become harder to kill and easier to love? I'm going to do some physical stuff. I'm going to train my mind. I'm going to train my spirit. And I'm just gonna like be more agreeable. I'm gonna yeah. yell at my kids less. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually love my wife. I'm gonna find out what my wife's love language is, and I'm gonna serve her today for 15 minutes in that love language, whatever that is, mm. you know. And so that's part of it. But honestly, man, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention like this new this new faith for me. I'm going. Wait a second. I don't need to figure out what a perfect father is. I got one. Like yeah. <laughs> this is where I can look. And um, like for me, maybe just being so new in the faith, I was like man, like, am I out of a job now? Am, like, is dad work just pointless because there's already this perfect vision? So I've been studying um, God the Father. Wh who is he? What does he mean to me? What is he like to me? And he's got mm. these traits. And what are those traits? And obviously I'm not going to attain them because I'm not perfect and I can't be perfect, but there's hints in there in terms of how I can show up. And I think the thing for a lot of guys to remember is that, again, it's balance. And again, it's not just wrath but it's also mercy. At the right. same time, it's not just grace, it's also judgment. And so how can we sort of connect those two things or those two sides of the scales as fathers, as men in our own lives, where we are well-rounded, where we are like Renaissance men in a sense, and rather than it being like necessarily skills and arts that we're good at in terms of the Renaissance, it's like we are good at physical things. We are good at spiritual things. We're good at emotional things and we're good at mental things. We have all of those things covered. And that starts with working on yourself. As far mm -hmm. as I have seen, it all starts with you as the man, the husband and the father. And um, yeah, man, like I, I don't know what else to say because I feel like it's already been, you know, that that pinnacle's already been done and I'm just going <laughs> to follow that guy the best I can. No, that's really well said. And I, I couldn't agree more. Let me ask you maybe one more follow-up, but what's it been like to, uh, you, you've come to faith more recently, uh, but you've been a father for 10 years, you mentioned. And I'm just curious, like how, is there anything that in particular that you're like, oh, this has really changed the way I father 
uh, whether it's practically or maybe even philosophically. I'm just curious, like, is there, have there been any ripples from that decision? Yeah, loads, man. It's been incredible. Uh, first of all, it's been extremely humbling. Um, I, I was like, before I, um, you know, before I was saved, I was like, I'm pretty good. Like, I figured this all out. I'm awesome. And yet things weren't perfect. And so to be humbled in that way where it's like, yeah, you don't know everything, dude. And, you know, like just take my lead. It was like, oh, wow, this is incredible. And I felt that sense finally of someone bigger than me. Like we were talking about before, like my mom, my dad couldn't do it. But man, God sure can. And that's been awesome. And um, there's been a lot of a learning, uh, like a learning curve. I've been studying, um, you know, how to like biblical parenting. I've been taking a course with um, Courageous Parenting, Isaac and Angie Tolpin. I've got like, I've got a ton of books on my bookshelf I'm waiting to get through right now. And so there's been a lot of stuff like, how do I apply this to my kids? And I think I mentioned before that sort of sin nature that was something that really threw me for a loop because I was of the new age where it's like, oh, dude, we're all just like perfect beings and our you know family system screws us up and then trauma gets in the way. And as I saw it more of like having the sin nature and my job as a parent not being to not screw up, but as seeing my job to lead and to guide them out of that into a way mm-hmm. that they should go. It's like, oh man, that put a way more emphasis on my positive action rather than my reaction. Um huh. And, and what else? Yeah. There, there's like, there's just so many things in scripture. That's like, here's what you should like, here's how to live a good life. It's all in there. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm, I'm actually like reading this to my kids now. Um, I'm trying to take notes on how to do this. And one of the things that struck me most was in this courageous parenting course. I'm not affiliated with it. It's just like, it's been really helpful. Um, they said, start looking at things, start looking at mis. Uh, behavior and disobedience as a heart issue and a soul issue, not a behavior issue. And so when you're disciplining or whatever, it's not because you have been like personally offended or your kid's bad. It's because they're actually sinning and they're getting Mm. further away from God. And it's like, oh man, I I shouldn't be (laughs) angry at my kid for yelling. I should be like, dude, you're being selfish right now. Like you're sinning really. And, And not to come along and correct immediately, but to guide and to question and then to discipline so that it's like a heart connection. I'm like, look, man, I'm not upset because you're like sinning against me. I'm upset because you're, you know, you're walking a little bit further away from where you need to walk right now. And that has really shifted my perspective and just given me the patience and the grace to be like, okay, I can be kind and loving here because this is a soul issue now. It's not just because I'm upset and it's just way, way bigger motivation than I just don't want to be annoyed right now. So yeah, man, it's been, it's been beautiful. It's been a blessing and I'm still, I'm brand new. So we're still learning. (laughs) Yeah, that's really well said, though, man. Uh, Kurt, you've helped a lot of guys here today. Thanks for your time and your wisdom. I know they're going to want to connect with you. Um, my personal favorite is your Instagram. I just think your stuff is so good there. But what are what are some other ways that people can reach out if they want to get in touch? Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, dadwork.kurt is the Instagram, D-A-D-W-O-R-K dot C-U-R-T. Um, you can listen to the Dadwork podcast. Um, I had Sathya on there myself uh, a few months ago now. And I think we're up to 107, 108, 110, whatever it is now. And uh, the last couple of months have been fire, guys. So highly cool. recommend that. And uh, yeah, you can get the habit stack I mentioned at dad.work slash habits. That would be awesome. We'd love to hear from you guys. That's amazing. Kurt, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, bro. This has been awesome. Well, there you have it. That was my interview with Kurt. And oh, man, I'm so grateful for him. I I was taking in a lot. You know, that's funny. That's one of my episodes where I didn't take as many notes as I normally do. 
But I was just so enthralled with some of the stuff he said, and he was just really captivating for me. So I hope you found value in that. I want to encourage you to go check out his stuff. Um, he's got the the podcast, which is called Dad Work. I interviewed on that probably about five, six months ago. He has a great Instagram page. It's just dadwork.kurt on Insta. And then he's got that habits um, as well, that little habit stack. That's dad.work slash habits. We'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes. But guys, go check him out. Whether you are a dad right now and you want to get better or you want to be a great dad one day, you have a plethora of resources available to you right now, free of charge at your fingertips that are going to help you tremendously in that goal. And if you are looking for help in porn addiction specifically, maybe you know that sexual misbehavior is stopping you from being the dad that you're called to be, is stopping you from being the leader that you were made to be, then I'd encourage you to get your copy of The Last Relapse. That's our best-selling book that's available at thelastrelapsebook.com. And this is our blueprint for recovery. If you follow what's in that book, your life will improve. You will have a better understanding of your situation and you will have practical things you can do every single day that are going to resolve the roots and lead to a lifestyle of lasting freedom. You can get all of that at thelastrelapsebook.com. But in the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.